minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0, and liftoff. Jackpot. You get the horns. Jack. Uh, <laughs> what happened on this play is yeah. <laughs> uh <laughs> Trust me, we will talk about it. Unbelievable. Tony Romo, if you're listening, you saw it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, welcome everybody. You get the horns sports, and uh we will have plenty to discuss tonight. Obviously, we will go ahead and uh honor the Super Bowl and uh, have a little conversation around our thoughts on the Super Bowl, the results of the Super Bowl, maybe some things and opinions you will not have heard elsewhere. Uh, and then we'll just kind of uh, have a little conversation as well, just about the closing out of the season and some of the, some of the uh, awards from NFL honors and things like that. But uh, first things first, of course, Tad and Jeff here. Uh, how you doing tonight, bro? I'm freaking tired, dude. Yeah. Tell me why this game has to kick off at 6.40 p.m. <laughs> 6.40, why? Like, not 6.30, yeah. not 6, not 7, 6.40, they finally yeah. decide to kick this thing off. Weird, man. I don't... Ugh. Yeah, Start I don't get it. at 6 o'clock. Like, we're not worried about... Obviously, you're not worried about West Coast time because... Right. You're starting the game over there at what four forty? I mean, right? Or yeah, or three forty. Yeah. So obviously, you know, we're just started at started at six, man. Like, ugh. Yeah, it's it's, it's the NFL does a lot of confusing things. Um, I don't think we're ever going to understand a lot of it. There's got to be some reason for it that we will just yeah. never have the opportunity to uh, to make sense of, but. Um, but yeah, look, let's talk about it, man. I mean, uh, obviously, <laughs> not like we're breaking any news here that the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Um, I went to bed at halftime. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what happened? <laughs> <laughs> but look, I mean, again, another Super Bowl for Patrick Mahomes, another Super Bowl win for the Kansas City Chiefs, another step closer to, you know, kind of starting to reach the outer edges of levels of greatness that we just did not think we might ever see again, much less see this quickly. It's crazy. And then, you know, you look at the, what's happening with, uh, with Belichick and, and Andy Reed starting to kind of catch up with some of his numbers. And I, I mean, you can't say enough, regardless of whether you are a chiefs fan or not, you can't really say enough about what they've been able to build in that organization. And, 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 one of the biggest things is just consistency. Andy Reid, uh, Brent Veach, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, you know, this core that they have, both front office core, obviously Steve Spagnuolo uh, as defensive coordinator, and then, you know, who knows what's going to happen with the enemy, but he was a stalwart there for years and years. And uh, Matt Nagy's back in the fold there, you know, this year as uh, offensive coordinator. So, you know, you have – just a ton of consistency in that organization. The place where you don't have consistency with the Chiefs is really at the wide receiver position. Outside of that, you've had tons of consistency. And so it enables them to be creative and to unroll new things as the season goes on because they've been doing it the same way for years and years with the same players. So they can kind of add complexity that most teams can't because they just have not had that level of 
consistency within their organization uh, for such a long period of time. So, you know, what are your thoughts, I guess, before we talk about anything else, just about the Chiefs as an organization? I mean, geez, dude. What I mean, what is there left to say? I mean, I did not, I wasn't, I wasn't ready for this, right? I mean, like, I, I don't have this much time left in this world that I can afford <laughs> another 20 years of one team just dominating um, yeah. everything. Like, it's just, yeah. <laughs> Look, well, man, I, I, I think I said it last night in our group chat or it was last night or today that I said I, I felt like I could see the Chiefs winning three of the next five Super Bowls. I think that's very realistic. And they've already won three of the last five Super Bowls. So right. you're saying three more three of the, the next, next five. Five. Could you imagine, dude? Like, it, it's just if there was ever a year that someone was going to dethrone the Chiefs after all the stuff they've been through. Yeah. This was the year. Like, how do you how do you beat them? I mean, they 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 played. I, I it was something ridiculous. Like, like I, I can't remember when they had their bye, but they've essentially played like nine, ten weeks in a row. It, it's just it was the absolute perfect time for someone to take them down. This is the thirty uh, Patrick Mahomes' cat hit. Uh, cat hit. Can't talk. Cap hit this year. Told you I was tired. Was thirty seven million this year? That's the largest ever for yeah. a quarterback for a Super Bowl winning quarterback, dude. This was like this was prime time to be able to to take these guys down, and nobody could take them down. I don't no. know what else there is that anyone can do. Like, what do you do if you're Washington? If you're Carolina? When you see this, like, do you have any hope? I mean. Even the Niners were dominant, right? I mean, the Niners aren't going anywhere. So are we just going to have just complete battles every year of Chiefs and Niners for the next three out of the next five years? I mean, look, I I think it's a heck of a lot easier to get there in the NFC than it is the AFC. 100%. Uh, So I think from that perspective, like, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, the Niners have the talent, but it wouldn't surprise me if other teams pop up in the NFC. I think that could be a rotating cast. I think the AFC is really going to come down to health because there are only, as it stands right now, there are three or four teams that are the best teams in the AFC. Now, there's a flyer every year. There's some new team that pops up. You know, that's going to happen. But really, you figure Baltimore, Buffalo, Kansas City, and then someone else. And that right. could that someone else could be someone different year to year. Could be Miami, could be Houston, could be Pittsburgh if they get something figured out at quarterback. Which, by the way, breaking news: I just saw that they officially parted ways with Mitch Trubisky uh, there in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Which I'm, late, I'm pretty but... confident the rest of the league has also mutually parted ways with <laughs> Mitch Trubisky. I don't see there being a lot of opportunity for him out there. Yeah, he'll catch on somewhere. I mean, he will. I mean, again, the talent is there for Trubisky. I mean, the dude has. He's right up there with just about any other quarterback as far as overall talent. He's got the arm strength. He's got the mobility. He's got the ability to run. It's something in the head, man. I don't know what it is. Maybe someone can unlock it. Maybe he goes to Kansas City and he learns under under Reed Mahomes for a few years. Yeah. And then he pops up somewhere like he, he would one of be the a best jobs in football. Fucking. Sit behind, sit behind Patrick Mahomes, man. I mean, we saw Chase Daniels do it, and uh, yeah, uh, I mean, it's a great job. It's a great gig if you can get it. You're not going to have to play much. You're going to win Super Bowls, you know. Yeah, and uh, why not? Why yeah. not go there and learn and and see how 
how they do it and, and, uh, and build off of that. But man, I, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, this chiefs, the chiefs defense was the youngest defense in the NFL this year. Yeah. So, so they're only going to get better. Only, they're only going to get better. I mean, yeah. outside of a catastrophic injury to someone, say Mahomes or something like that. Yeah. Just they're going to be the perennial favorites every single year. I mean, I think right now, I don't know, the Chiefs are probably second. The Niners already are the uh, are the favorites for next year, according to um, you know Vegas. But yeah, <laughs> outside of something that nobody. Any true football fan wouldn't want to happen. I get like if you're a fan of another team, you know, you you maybe you're wishing for you know, if you're an awful person, you're wishing for a catastrophic <laughs> injury, right? Right. But outside of that, I mean, they're just going to be there year in and year out. Yeah, I was thinking about this, and I wanted to get your thought. If you are a fly on the wall, let's say you're you're this hypothetical fly that can listen in and, and uh, understand English. If the if you're in an NFL board meeting, and I'm not talking about an owners meeting, I'm talking about you know Goodell and and all of his henchmen. Do you want this? Do you <laughs> want a dominant team like this year in and year out? Because it's going to wear thin at some point. Like people are going to tune out. You're going to get the crazy numbers. Don't get me wrong, but you're trying to build an audience. You're, you know, and this year you just caught lightning in a bottle, you know, with Kelsey and, yeah, uh, you know, and Taylor Swift and all that right. stuff. But at some point, people are going to be like, eh, "It's the Chiefs again. It's the Chiefs again." Like I, I'm not even going to tune in. You know, they may lose 10 million, 20 million viewers because again, it's the Chiefs. Everything is always stacked. And this is what I love about the NFL. Everything is stacked that everyone is essentially a 500 team, right? With free agency, salary cap, draft positions. Everyone's kind of stacked right that 50% mark. Some are better, some are worse, whatever. But the Chiefs are just on another level. Do you think they want a repeat of the New England Patriots? Well, you know, the, the question's interesting, and I guarantee you the NFL has studied this quite a bit. And my thinking on this with regards to just what the NFL would want, I believe that there are also very high ratings when a team is hated because people want to see the team lose. So it becomes a win-win if you're the NFL because it's like at a certain point, if the NFL finds that, you know, okay, hey, those Patriots dynasty years, man, there were tons of people that watched those games because they wanted to finally see somebody beat the Patriots. And I don't rule out the possibility of that being the same for the Chiefs, that maybe the NFL does want it. Because what do you really want, right? Like, would you rather see Jacksonville get on some weird fluke run and be in the Super Bowl against, you know, I don't even know some other, some other junk market team that, you know, isn't really as relevant on a, sure. on a large Jacksonville, scale, Carolina, do you want to yeah, see Jacksonville or Arizona Carolina. or somebody, right? It's like, right. you don't want that in your Super Bowl, And so I do think there's a little bit of that, that thing from their perspective of, Hey, those dynasties, right? The NBA was not anti-dynasty with it's Jordan and everything else. And there had to be a reason for that. And so I do think sometimes dynasties are good for business, and I think that they're pretty good for business in the NFL. So in theory, based on the idea that the NFL always preaches parity, 
you would think, no, they wouldn't want to see a Chiefs dynasty. But we know that the NFL preaches one thing and practices another. And so, you know, while they may say they want parity, and that's not only to the teams in the league, but that's to the fans of the league, because they want you to feel like every season, when the season is kicking off, that you have hope, that things are not ruined for you immediately. Like you should be buying your merchandise and you should be, you know, getting those tickets and doing everything else to support your team because there's hope. And then, you know, that's not really what they what they're selling. You know, they're selling dynasties, they're selling victory, they're selling, you know, upsets. That's what they want. And so, yeah, I, I don't think they have a problem. I really don't think the NFL minds a uh, minds a dynasty here. Yeah, I, I I wonder. That's and that's a good point. You know, like yeah, it's it's good for business. You're right. And think about it. Their their best young star who's already in tons of commercials all over the place, talking about Patrick Mahomes, of course. So Mahomes is in every third commercial you see on TV. The only guy who's doing more commercials is Travis Kelsey. So the Chiefs players are in all of these commercials. They're all over the place right now. And so it's like, yeah, why not? Why not take advantage of it? As you said, they hit lightning in a bottle this year. But in general, I think you're probably going to see a lot more Chiefs. I think you're going to see... Like I said, I think the Chiefs could be in three of the next five Super Bowls, uh, and and if they were there, you got to assume that they're going to win. Yeah, they're going to be hard to beat. You have to step on their throat. Like you will not win very often a close game against the Chiefs. It's not going to happen. Uh, and and the reason why is because of everything that we've talked about a million times. I mean, I I feel like I have said it every week now for however many weeks that I've been betting on the chiefs, basically best coach, best quarterback. And I said, going into to the super bowl, I was calling 23, 20 chiefs almost went, almost went 24, 21 said 23, 20 uh, Niners missed the uh, extra point. Otherwise I, I would have been looking a whole lot better, but the reality is like, that's like I said, I would bet the under and the chiefs. And, and it went down yeah. almost exactly that way. Now that doesn't mean I'm some genius or anything. It's just that like, that's the, that's the feeling that I got is that. And I even texted it in our group chat as the game was going on. It was like late third quarter or something. And I said, the longer this game goes like this, the more likely it is that the chiefs are going to win. And I don't know if that was halftime or, you know, third quarter, but, um, but, but that was my point is you're letting it stay close. If it's going to stay close, the Chiefs are going to win. That's yeah. that's the bottom line. That's it. I want I want to switch it up for for two seconds. Let's talk just about the Niners and specifically Kyle Shanahan. This yeah. man blew a twenty five point lead <sighs> in Super Bowl fifty one, a ten point lead in Super Bowl fifty four, and now a ten point lead in Super Bowl fifty eight. Yeah, do you think he's a choke artist? Now, of course, he's not the coach, the head coach right. in Super Bowl 51, but he was the author of that offense mm-hmm. and they were, went amazingly conservative uh, in that game. No one that's not pointed out enough. Like, yeah, the comeback was amazing, but that team went super conservative yeah. and they were scared to lose and they didn't put their, their, you know, they, they, they didn't come in there and, and try to stomp on them. You know, they yeah. were just playing not to lose at that point. Some people are calling him a choke artist. Is that a fair assessment? Hmm. 
I'm going to say no. I'm going to say it's not a fair assessment to call Kyle Shanahan a choke artist at this point. Because, <laughs> look, yes, you could say, oh, he blew a 10-point lead last night. At no point did it feel like that 10-point no. lead was like much of a gap, right? I mean, this was right. not like, oh, they opened it up and somehow they blew it. This wasn't losing to the Patriots, right? This wasn't, you know, uh, the Super Bowl, you know, thing before. This is this was a close game that could have gone either way, and they lost to the best quarterback in the NFL and one of already one of, if not the best quarterbacks in history, and one of the best head coaches in the history of the NFL. That's who they lost to. Most teams are going to lose that. Most teams, even in a 10-point game against the Chiefs, if they have a 10-point lead, they're still probably going to lose that game. So did he, do I love everything that he did? No, but you know, at the same time, look, Brock Purdy's no Patrick Mahomes either. And there were opportunities, but you know, I mean, if you look the first half of that game, Purdy looked pretty good. Uh, but when you look at halftime, him and Mahomes had basically identical stats. And then in the second half, it was all Mahomes and Purdy was non-existent and the Niners completely went away from the run game. And the moment that you, that you move away from Christian McCaffrey, who then had it's 160 like a, yards of total offense. Right. <laughs> so it's like you you this is the best player on the field anytime that that offense is on the field. He's better than any Chiefs player on defense. He's better than any other Niners player on offense. This is the best player on the field when the Niners offense is on the field. And you're not giving him the ball. And this idea that like they were saying, "Oh, uh, Shanahan said that he wants uh, McCaffrey to have 30 carries this game." Well, he could have but he didn't like if you really wanted him to have 30 carries, you probably should have given him the ball 30 times because you'd have been a, in a much tighter game. The problem is it's not dissimilar. And in a lot of ways, it's almost identical to what happened with the Ravens in that it's a, it's a close game, but a 10 point swing made you move away from, you know, from your core competency and the thing is, though, the Niners were the one that had the 10-point lead. It's even exactly. weirder. Like, at least with Baltimore, you were down by 10. Yep. <laughs> San Francisco's up by 10. Why would you not be just grinding the ball out, running the ball at that point? I don't understand that. Well, then that kind of comes back to what is – is he just not the offensive play genius that everyone makes him out to be? Or what is it about big games that makes him go away from that? Because now you're, you're saying, like, yeah, like you were kind of an idiot for not – building upon that 10 point lead and, and at least nursing the clock a little bit more yeah. where you didn't give Mahomes that. So there's maybe some validity to that. Like he just does not know how to close out a big game. And that's, yeah. you know, that that's an issue. That's a big issue. I mean, you would think like after the first two, like you would learn and maybe that's what it was like, Oh, we can't keep running the ball because we, you know, we need to try and put them away. Right. But you're putting your hands into a guy that's played, you know, a year and a half, maybe a year and three quarter, you know, I don't know, a quarter yeah. in, in party. So I don't know. what do you think about them taking the ball in overtime? I, I swear to you, I don't think they understood the rule. Well, dude, you've seen all the stuff that's come out, or maybe you haven't, I don't know, that the Niners players, several Niners players have come out and said that they were unfamiliar with the new overtime rules, that they did not know this. Meanwhile, the Chiefs players have said that it was hammered into them every overtime scenario 
during every playoff round and the Super Bowl. Like they were talking through it, practicing it all the time. Niners players have said they were unaware of the new overtime rules and they 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 didn't understand that. So um, you know, I, again, I, I don't know what to say about that. But then that again, that falls back on coaching. You're just not prepared. Like you're you don't yeah. have every single X's and O's down. Yes. Yes. One hundred percent. If that's true, that's that's a absolute coaching issue. I don't know how in the world you're going into the Super Bowl and your players are unaware of what happens in overtime. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't was, seem possible. I was I was so confused when there was like I don't know, was it ten seconds left in, in the first overtime? And I'm like and they're like, yeah, no, no, it's just going to roll over into the second quarter. Right, it just of keeps overtime. going. <laughs> what an odd setup that is! Like, yeah. it's just a very, very odd. I, I don't. Uh, I'm not a big fan. I, I just that's weird to me, man. Yeah, like, I just like why wouldn't that then just go into the next overtime or what have you? Because that really changed the complexity of that of that game. They knew that they didn't have to you know, score there, you know, it's not like they, I mean, they did obviously, but I, I just think it caught the Niners completely off guard. Like, Oh, they're going to have to go for a field. Wait, why are they not going? Why are they, <laughs> why is this clock running? What are they doing? And I think it just threw them completely off. And again, I think that just comes back to coaching. Like how, I, how can you have your guys at the end of the game say, yeah, we had no clue what was going on there. Right. You got and, yeah, one I mean, team. even if that's true, don't say it, man. Like, do you understand how much damage you are doing to the reputation of your head coach and the whole coaching staff yeah. when you say something like that? Like, oh, we didn't know they changed the rules when nobody told us. Like, that's not a good look, man. That is not, not a good look at all. And and that it makes me think that they didn't understand it because, like, I guess you could make the argument of like, well, the Chiefs just went on that long drive to tie it, right? So maybe the defense is a little you know, a little tired, but I mean, the chiefs knew what they had to do and they knew they had three in their pocket at that point. Yeah. I mean, Butker probably arguably could have been the MVP of that game. And so they knew they had the three in the pocket. So they knew what they had to do. All right, let's just get in field goal range. And anything above that is, is a super bowl win at that point. So that's why I was like, man, why are they taking the ball here? It just, and the only, I guess, the only explanation, and maybe it's they've come out and said why they took it. I don't know. I, you know, was way too busy today to be, you know, watching all the post game press conferences. But only thing that made sense is that he wanted to give this defense a rest. But I think that's all it was. Yeah, I think that's the the number one thing it was. Was you know, you look at how the game had ended, like uh, regulation had ended, and that you know their their defense was on the field long drives in the fourth quarter, six minute drive by the Chiefs and stuff just wearing out that Niners defense, you had to give that defense a rest because otherwise it's like you're they're just going to give up that drive. It, it's going to so. end the same way, except it would have it would have been the first drive of overtime. Like right. the Chiefs would have just marched right downfield. So it's got to give them some rest. But, you know, you couldn't move the ball. I, I mean, the, the Niners just went away from doing the thing they do best. And they unfortunately kind of played into the Chiefs' hands a little bit. You can't throw the ball – and have that be your main game plan because you don't have the advantage in that area. I mean, what did Kittle have? Like, I don't even remember now. Two catches for seven was, yards yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it was ridiculously low. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he played two for eleven or something. No. So yeah, he had no role in that game. 
Debo obviously wasn't overly impactful, but then also had the hamstring thing out for a little while, then gets back in the game, you but know, made a Debo couple plays. Every, almost every other game is, is a Debo injury. I mean, that's, right. you know, it's a Ferrari, man. It's like awesome when it works. But yeah. Man. But the thing is, you're not getting the ball in his hands either way. So it doesn't matter if he's on the field or not. He's not getting the ball. So once he's not getting the ball, once you have a a Debo Samuel not getting the ball and a George Kittle not getting the ball, Ayuk did very little, then you're no longer getting – you're going into – like you would say, okay, those are our best players on offense, right, other than McCaffrey. But – that's also what the Chiefs are doing best on defense with Legarius Sneed and and Trent McDuffie. So then you're going, okay, well, that's not that neutralizes our strength. But they don't really have anyone that's going to be able to neutralize the strength of Christian McCaffrey. And in the beginning of the game, the Niners were moving that ball with McCaffrey up and down the field, man. And and then it just seemed like, of course, the Chiefs tightened up. They did better. And then, you know, over time, the, the Niners moved away from it for whatever yeah. reason. It's yeah. It this was a weird Super Bowl, man. We even texted Neo when we were in our, our group, our group chat, man. Just texting, just how weird it was, man. It, yeah. it was just everything. I mean, you see McCaffrey get uh, fumble, which I, I don't Never know what, he, what has he done. Never, like I, I don't know. It was the second time this year or something ridiculous that he's fumbled. I mean, it was yeah. a great play. And then you know, vacate Chiefs don't do anything with it. Pacheco ends up fumbling. I mean, it's just. Mahomes throws a uh, uh, honestly a really bad interception. Yeah. Um, you know, you just had all sorts of stuff. I mean, it, it's crazy too. Like, I, I would have loved to have seen had the Niners won, who would have been MVP that first mm-hmm. quarter. Chase Young was probably going to be the MVP, and then yeah. at one point, you know, it was going to be Jawan Jennings. Like that dude was. I, I, <laughs> You, you look at that play that they ended up having to settle for a field goal, and I believe this was still in regulation, where Jennings beat his guy, and I uh, believe it was Jones who got right in Purdy's face and made him yep. throw that ball yep. off. If he catches that, I mean, now he's got two touchdown catches and he's got a touchdown pass. Yeah, Imagine him being like NFL MVP, you know, <laughs> Super Bowl MVP. I mean, yep. it, it was – yeah, it, so many what-ifs there in that game. It's just uh, – it's so disappointing, so – yeah, you- it was interesting, man. It's an interesting game. I thought I, I thought if it, it felt like an anticlimactic Super Bowl to me. Yeah, the lead I, up I, to it, the yeah. commercials sucked. The halftime performance was just kind of average. Like everything ever- just felt weak to me. Like everything just kind of felt watered down. Nothing. It didn't feel like the normal event that it, it that the Super Bowl feels like. But again, it's the same two teams that were in it. Like, three years ago, two years ago. I mean, it's kind of like this people are, I, at some point people just get tired of it. Like, especially that's what I say. Like, yeah. Okay. The chiefs are in it and it's, you know, some random NFC team, but what what are we going to do if it's three of the next five years, it's the Niners and the chiefs. Like at some point (laughs) people are going to be tuning out. Like, dude, this is awful. Like we've seen this, like the chiefs are just going to beat them. And here we are again, you know, the, the Niners are going to be the Buffalo Bills of the '90s. You know, it's just, it, yeah, it just, it, it, it was really anti- anticlimactic. And I like, I've seen, I saw people like posting like this might be the greatest Super Bowl halftime show of all time, and I'm like, what? What, what was I missing? Yeah, I think like uh, oh, RG3 no. came out and was saying stuff, and then you know, there's a few others that I'd seen on X like just posting <laughs> like this Stupid. was amazing. 
Like you're just like, trying to get reaction at that point. You can't uh, really think that. You cannot think that that not. halftime show was the best ever. I was like, dude, he came out, and I was like, bro, he's coming out. Like maybe it's a tribute, but he's coming out. And he had the two gloves on, you know, the two sequin gloves. I was like, yeah, you know, Super I, I was weird. there with like my, um, you know, I was watching it with my brother-in-law and sister-in-law and, and family. I was like, dude, he's just coming out to try to be Michael Jackson. And he's like, oh, he's got two gloves. And the next thing I look, I was like, nope, he just got one on. <laughs> but did you see in the commercial before the halftime show, the BMW commercial with Christopher Walken, Usher was in that commercial and he had, he had one glove on yeah, like... in the commercial. <laughs> so clearly that's just a thing that he's trying to do is just to like, yeah. you know, look cool and have a glove for whatever reason. But that's not like, that wasn't yeah. just for the halftime show or anything. Uh, I mean, he was coming out doing the, the like Michael Jackson dancer. It was, it, look, we texted like, yeah, it was fine. It was okay. Like, yeah. I, like give me two years ago. You know, when you had uh, Dre and all those guys, there, right, like, right. give me that. That was cool, yeah. right? But, I mean, it was cool to see, like, some people come out. Like, you know, Kanye made a weird appearance, and then Jermaine Dupree, like, came out looking like, like, what is he wearing? We're all like, Who? is that Jermaine Dupree? I had no <laughs> idea it was Jermaine Dupree. At first, I thought it was CeeLo. And then well, I just that's what everyone said. Yeah. Everyone was like, oh, I thought that was CeeLo. And then yeah. I'm like, Wait, that's Jermaine Dupri. Oh my gosh! You so know? weird, man. It's just weird bits. I mean, you know, Ludacris coming out, Little John coming out. Like that was like okay. Yeah, it, it was fine. Look, it, yeah. there was nothing wrong with it, but it it didn't move the needle for me. I, I no. don't. I'm sorry. And then uh, the commercials. Yeah. Now, here's the thing too. Um, who in the world? Like, uh, it, <laughs> this might be better for our main show topic here. Cause we're going to get into some stuff, but the, the two at now, these were $7 million ads, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Mm-hmm. Like they were 7 million per 30 second spot. There were two commercials that came up just talking about like Tesla and their self-driving cars and how it should be banned. Did, did you get those on yours? I don't remember seeing that. There were I can't, two I can't, I can't say I definitely didn't because I really wasn't paying that close attention all the time, but I have no recollection of seeing those. And they did air, of course, some local commercials. They always do uh, during the Super Bowl. So they, that may have been um, more of a local commercial. Uh, I, it might I have know. been. I, I saw it twice and they were like, it was pretty much like, um, I don't know, it was like, a, you know, one of those, uh, you know, vote for this or that type of thing, you know, and it yeah. was an ad about like, uh, Tesla and their self-driving cars, how like, and it showed like, like just a, a dummy child and the, uh, mm. it was kind of funny, but it was like showing yeah, t- uh, a dummy child and like the Tesla car running over the child. Right. <laughs> like, see, it doesn't work. I was like, <laughs> okay, clearly they're not the ones paying for this ad. Like this has to be yeah. like, nobody said anything. That's why I was like, well, maybe this is a local thing. Like, but it was weird. Why would it be a local thing where I'm at? And like, right. we're not that far from each other. So I, yeah. I have no clue. I mean, I'm closer to DC, I guess. But at the same time, I was like, who, like, why is nobody saying like, where did you get this money from? Right. To put these ads on this TV. Like this has to be like, you know, Ford or Chrysler or someone right. like, <laughs> funding this money to this company. Yeah. It was just so odd and weird. Yeah. Like, yeah, again, the commercial stopped being funny 
I don't know, 10 years ago. I mean, I, I don't even know what the last funny commercial was. Like, there was like a history of Volkswagen. I'm like, dude, am I at a museum here? Like, what is happening? And the problem is that you, like, the, the commercials have gotten so expensive for the Super Bowl that no one can, no, no one's willing to spend the money to be that creative and come up with things. The only thing they try to do now is just hire some celebrities. And, you know, stick them in there. I mean, like the stupid, like T-Mobile commercial that, like, how much did you pay Bradley Cooper and all these other people to show up in a T-Mobile commercial? (laughs) I can't even imagine any scenario that Bradley Cooper's cell phone has T-Mobile service on it. That's what I love about that stuff. Like, yeah, Bradley Bradley Cooper's is going around with a T-Mobile cell phone. (laughs) Yeah. Come on, man. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, no. Hey, just yeah. so you know, so uh, a couple things from the live stream. Uh, a little, a little earlier, Doctor Doyle, who's a big uh, Chiefs fan, jumped in and uh, and was very pumped. Said, "Yeah, go Chiefs!" And uh, Dustin go Walker Chiefs. was uh, watching us, and he said that he saw that Tesla commercial that you're referencing. He lives in Southern Maryland, and he saw that uh, that Tesla uh, commercial. Okay. So, all right, yeah, it could be like maybe I don't know some sort of a Mid Atlantic or DMV type uh, thing uh, there. Got where that was so aired, weird. But... I mean, even a local commercial, I'm sure they're spending a couple million it's not dollars. Cheap. For yeah, this. right. Yeah, so very weird. And I was like, dude, where did you get your money to to be able to just bash on Tesla? Right. Very weird. So, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Overall, I thought Super Bowl was meh. It was fun. I mean, the ending to me. I mean, I, you know, when, I, when we texted, I think that my um, my response was gross. Like it just the ending. Was just, <laughs> Just ugh, so anticlimactic. Like you just knew what was going to happen when they yeah. got the ball back after they didn't score a touchdown. Good on the Chiefs. Look, man, if I was a fan of the Chiefs, I would be pumped. Like, yeah. I'm like, hey, hate us all you want. You know, let us win the next. You know, three of the next five Super Bowls you coming up. I mean, nothing against them, man, at all. It was just like, oh man. And I think it's well, more Dustin, so. Dustin, no, who's watching us, says that he thinks the biggest competition to the Chiefs. In the AFC would be the Bills, and in the NFC will be the Niners. I mean, I don't think he's wrong. I mean, I'll be yeah. curious to see give give Harbaugh a couple of years. Say what you want about Harbaugh, but the dude builds perennial winners everywhere he goes. Has yeah. always has, and he always will. Um, you know, there's talks that uh, he wants Saquon in uh, in San Diego at this point. Lost, whatever the Chargers. He yeah. wants uh, Saquon there. Um, so, I mean, you know, and with Herbert like that, that they will be a formidable, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, so I just, dude, I mean, <laughs> what the chiefs ran through this year, I mean, you probably, you know, the, the bills were the hottest team coming into the playoffs. Yeah. You have the Ravens who arguably, I don't, we haven't really talked about it, but I, I don't know, top 10, top 15 defense of all time. I mean, yeah. just the way they went through every single team to get there, boy, it just doesn't. And I think this is probably more why my, uh, you know, my response was gross because it's like, dude, who was going to beat these guys? Like, outside of something that I don't want to see happen, which would be a, a major injury, or you know, Andy Reid retiring and the next coach coming in not having a clue what's going on. Like, who's going to beat these people, man? Like, it's yeah. just like, come on, man. I lived through the Brady era. I don't want to have to live through. The- by the time the Mahomes era is done, like, uh, you know, I'm, 
I probably won't even remember what football is. You know? yeah. <laughs> no, man, this dude is very, very early on. I mean, we talked last week or week before about Brady versus Mahomes over the first six years of their career and, and the stats. I now have year seven, like they're through seven seasons. And I can, I can run it through with you really briefly, but I will tell you, if I were to if I were to ask you now again sight unseen right but if I were to ask you which one of these players you would rather have and I just went off of the stats there is a 0% chance that you would be picking Tom Brady over Patrick Mahomes their first 7 years they each have played 96 games uh each the, the records slightly different Mahomes has a 74 and 22 record Brady has a 70 and 24 record. So again, not a huge swing, but completion percentage. Mahomes is five points higher than Brady. He's thrown for 7,000 more yards than Brady. He, his passing yards average is about a yard more passing yards per game. Brady's under 225. Mahomes is over 296. <laughs> <laughs> passing touchdowns thrown through the first seven seasons. Brady threw 147. Mahomes has thrown 219. Interceptions. Brady threw 78. Mahomes has thrown 63. Uh, quarterback rating. Brady 88.4. Mahomes 103.5. Rushing attempts. Obviously, Mahomes has more. It's like 135 more rushing attempts. But Brady had 435 rushing yards. Mahomes has 1,936. Three rushing touchdowns for Brady, 12 for Mahomes. Uh, and then, of course, obviously you can get into fantasy points too. But each of them has won three championships. Brady went to three Pro Bowls in his first seven seasons. Mahomes has had six Pro Bowls. Uh, Brady was a one-time All-Pro. Mahomes, three-time All-Pro. Brady had not yet won an MVP. Mahomes already has two. Brady had not won an, a, an offensive player of the year. Mahomes has won. Uh, Brady had two Super Bowl MVPs. Mahomes now has three. Like, it isn't close between these two players if you're no. going over their first seven years. Now, again, it's the next seven. It's the next ten. You know, yeah. that's the thing that this really exactly makes it. the difference because there's a yeah. lot of guys that burn bright for a, for a short period of time. And it's not just about his play, but it's going to be, is, is, is an Andy Reid there for another ten years? No. You know, like you can't yeah. imagine. And, so. and I would say, no. so then I mean, what happens after that? It's, you know, right. that consistency, the Patriots had very hard to replicate. Yeah. It's hard because you, you had like Belichick and Brady kind of at the peaks, you know, I think Belichick had been there. What, I don't even know, two years, something like that. Like, yeah, he wasn't there long. Um, so they had their whole entire careers. Um, listen, not enough is being said about Andy Reid and how great he is. This is what ninth or tenth. Uh, you know, he's been to the uh, AFC, you know, the yeah. championship game nine or ten out of his years. I mean, they, uh, this I was, was their sixth straight. So yeah, right. I mean, it's it's just incredible. Yeah. Um, and then Steve Spagnuolo. <laughs> what can you say about this dude? Maybe the best defensive coordinator. I mean, he's going to rank right up there as one of the best defensive coordinators of all time. Someone that didn't even like we didn't even hear his name mentioned right. uh, in the coaching circles this year. You know, is it? And maybe it's a situation where he doesn't want to be, or maybe there's something in place that he is going to be the heir apparent to Andy right. Reid. I mean, there's so much there that uh, I mean, 
how has he not gotten a second chance? I understand things didn't go great his first first go around. Yeah, but it but wasn't man, an embarrassment or something. Like he right. wasn't just like some and, jerk and, who couldn't do the job at all. But considering many, all the other people that get second, third, fourth, and fifth chances. That's exactly it. I mean, you know, Ron Rivera gets let go and he's immediately picked up and spends the next yeah. five years being a coach <laughs> of a dumpster fire of a team. Like, you know, coaches get recycled all the time. And yeah. you got someone like that, like man. I mean, good on the Chiefs. I'm sure the Chiefs are not disappointed that he hasn't gotten any, um, you know, head coaching um, offers. But, yeah, I mean, the work he's done there is just uh, amazing. And he's working with the youngest defense in the league. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, All right. So, you know, we should get ready to wrap this sucker up. We do want to talk, though, before we wrap it up. Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't touch on the fact that there were some uh, some awards given out. Of course, we had NFL honors. Uh, and so, you know, we have a few few little things that we can touch on there. Don't have to spend a huge amount of time with it, but Lamar Jackson wins his second MVP award. First one was unanimous. This one, he gets 49 of 50. Uh, and the thing that's crazy too, he gets 49 of 50. And the one guy who doesn't vote for him is a Buffalo Bills reporter and uh, who's obviously just, you know, a a homer there. Uh, And everyone's kind of been talking like as if you would have thought Josh Allen got second place in MVP. He got like fifth place. It wasn't even, it wasn't close. It was just this one guy that voted for for him, you know, instead of Lamar that really ended up making it something that caught a lot of attention. Right. But yeah, so I think we've got, you know, the the stuff there and and you know, there's a couple things, right? So Lamar Jackson at this point, the 11th player in the entire history of the NFL to win MVP multiple times. I mean, the list of people, it's Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Jim Brown, Brett Favre, Johnny Unitas, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Montana, Steve Young, Kurt Warner. Every one of them who's eligible has been inducted into the Hall of Fame. We talked Last week or week before, I don't even remember now, about whether or not Lamar Jackson was already a Hall of Famer based on, you know, what's been accomplished so far. And and that was assuming he was going to win another MVP. Right Now he has won another MVP. You can't imagine a scenario where that guy, how are you going to be one of only 11 people to ever do it and you're not going to be in the Hall of Fame, right? I mean, the guy's clearly, I have to believe, a Hall of Famer at this point, don't you? Yeah, I mean, what if he peters out the rest of his career or, or, you know, if if his career, let's say, ended in the next three years and the last three years were uninspiring, do you think he still makes it? You know, the question's interesting because, you know, let me let me break down a, just a little bit. So we know that he's a, a two-time MVP. This is in six years. Two-time MVP. Uh, he's been a two-time first-team All-Pro, three-time Pro Bowler. He led the NFL in touchdowns in 2019. These are the records that Lamar Jackson holds. Single season rushing yards by a quarterback, thousand yard rushing seasons by a quarterback, number of games with a perfect passer rating in a single season, games with 100 rushing yards by a quarterback, and playoff games with 100 yards rushing by a quarterback. Um, So between a two-time MVP and both of them really should have been unanimous, and then all those other things, I don't know. I mean, it'd be hard to think that he's not going to. When you've got guys, I mean, think how long Calvin Johnson played in the league. And he got in. Terrell Davis, very short career. 
you know, so, so yeah, I, I would just find it hard to believe that, that he wouldn't, that he wouldn't get in. If it were to end today, I, st- I, I gotta believe he's probably still getting in. Yeah, possible. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> we don't disagree a lot on this show cause we kind of have the same mindset, but I, 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 I'm still confused as to, I, 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 I don't, the dude didn't lead in any passing categories this year. Yeah. So do you, are we just saying because he rushes and he runs the ball a lot? Like, I mean, he only had 24 passing touchdowns this year and that's gotta be the lowest. I mean, I don't know, probably dating back to the, you know, 1980s or something that someone's going to win a quarter, uh, win MVP of the league. And what was he? I think he was tied for 11th in the league in passing touchdowns. Might have so been, what, yeah. what, like, I, Maybe it was just the, one of those off years. It just like I, I just feel like his his like I I don't know where the and I I don't I don't know I, I guess I don't disagree that he's MVP. I guess I don't care uh, whether or not he was MVP or not. But I just I don't know where the where did the like hype come from? Because again, like we talked about it, he had a top ten defense of all time and. You know, is it just the injuries and what they overcome there? Um, but that's every year for the Ravens, uh, it feels like. Like, what what is it that made him, like, almost unanimous MVP this year? Considering, like, other quarterbacks and wide receivers and, you know, had some fantastic years. I mean, look, I, I, I'll tell you more from the perspective of what I've heard said by people that had the vote, which is just that, and this was, I'm paraphrasing this because the same type of thing was said by an awful lot of people, which was watch the games and the impact that he's having. Like when it comes to value, right? So the ability to throw the ball and run the ball, the the evolution of his game, the the overall just impact that he's had on games, and they were the best team in the league. And so automatically when you're the best team in the league, clearly that you you just get more attention on you regardless. He also played huge in really high profile games, which is also a really important aspect of it. When you look at, you know, New Year's, Christmas night, all of these things, you know, the Niners game, I think is probably what really just turned everyone around. Um, Just, but again, like that for me felt more of like just the Ravens defense, just, completely embarrassing the 49ers like I, I I mean that was definitely a big part of it for sure yeah. I mean there's no doubt about that um yeah I I think you know again people can certainly disagree on it right I I think that the um the experts seem to all feel it pretty consistently because of just like I I think it's the combination of what he's bringing to the table right it's it's Cause he doesn't like, if you look at it from the perspective of, um, you know, I don't know, some quarterback that throws for a ton of yards, right. Um, it's like, okay, well that's, that's good. That's one dimensional and it's an important dimension. Um, or if a running back or a wide receiver rushes for a ton of yards, it's, it's the same type of thing. That's why it's so hard. Like we've talked about it before for anyone other than a quarterback to even win the award. Right. Yeah. 
if Tyreek had broken 2000 yards, you know, then it's like, uh, okay, maybe you could get into to it, but they faded down the stretch and he disappeared. Yeah. Purdy, same sort of thing, obviously with the game against the Ravens and just, you know, wasn't going to be the MVP based on how the last couple of weeks went. I think it was that combination of Lamar played incredibly well going against the best teams in the league. And, uh, and so when you do that, it, that just does a lot of the work for you. I mean, it just, it, it really does, uh, at least in my opinion and what I've, what I've heard as well. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. I just, you know, it's, it's, um, just to be so like, like everybody thought he was. And I'm like, all right, you know, I've, I've seen enough games. Like, yeah, the dude's fantastic. But I mean, you know, there were certain games that he didn't play that great. I mean, but yeah. I, I guess that's kind of with all of them. I mean, I think Tyreek had a, Tyreek was, had a golden opportunity to, to break that, to break mm-hmm. that streak. And then we talked about this, um, I don't know, probably seven weeks ago at this point, but he had the opportunity if he could have broken that record to win the MVP because of how inconsistent Tua was with the turnovers. Yeah. Like there was never going to be like that. That is the way you do it. You know, you can break 2000 yards and your quarterback is inconsistent and throws, you know, terrible mistakes. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, and I honestly, it was it. also, I think for Lamar, just to throw this in there too, I think a lot of it was just <clears throat> not only what he did, but when he did it, right. If you look at just yeah. the month of December, for Lamar just December alone he had 11 touchdowns and two interceptions in that period of time Um, his quarterback rating he had two of those games were over 105 quarterback rating one of them was a perfect 158.3 and then the other one or he had one other one that was uh like a I think a 90 looks like 93 92.8 um out of those out of those games and so part of that was it as well i think it was just the timing of you know he, he he did it and then when he did it and who he did it against because if you look at that month of december for them i mean that's the rams jags niners dolphins and you know he went 11 touchdowns two picks uh, you know against those teams and over 100 quarterback ratings so uh, you know I, I definitely think that's really what iced it for sure it could, yeah. I mean that that's probably it. I mean, but you know, Mister November, uh, Mister uh, uh, Dak Prescott, you know, would he have sixteen touchdowns, one pick, you know, yeah. in the month of November? And I don't think anyone even remotely was considering him for MVP, and right. very well should have been in the mix. But it's almost like a bias with this stuff anymore, like where where everyone gets fixated. And again, I. I I'm not saying Lamar doesn't deserve to be MVP. Clearly 49 out of 50 writers um, thought that he should be MVP. So they know way more than I do, but there's almost like a bias of like, yeah, well, but Dak's going to mess it up or the Cowboys are going to mess it up. There's just almost like this, like they can't separate any of this. Like, yeah, they're the Cowboys. They're going to choke going down the stretch. And really they didn't. It was just when they got to the playoffs, they did. But there was really no whispers at all. I mean, Dak had one of the best Novembers in in recent memory, but it was. But he didn't have the same December. That's true. The, but that's, even that's, in November, who was who who in the world had any like? It was still Lamar in and and you know in November. It was still maybe Tyreek, maybe Christian McCaffrey, maybe Brock Purdy. Like there was never any mention of. Of, yeah. of Dak possibly being it. So I, I just wonder like if there's just this inherent 
biased sometimes with this kind of stuff. Oh, and, I'm sure and, there probably is. And I don't know how there couldn't be, right? I mean, yeah. you know, nobody likes Jerry Jones, right? Or, you know, that's perception anyways. Like, yeah. So, like, I, as a writer, I'm not going to vote for him. You know, it's just, you know, we'll probably get to it. And I, we're running late again, I, I, we, as we always do. But it's like Miles Garrett was the darling choice for defensive player of the year before the season even began. They've been right. wanting to somehow give this award to Miles Garrett forever. I mean, since he's come into the league, they've wanted to. And he's a phenomenal player. He's a fantastic player. Yeah. But the dude had one sack in the last six games of the year. What impact did he make? We came up with a stat. Tell me any year besides this year that we heard about pass rush win rate. Right. What does that even mean? You beat your guy. Well, you didn't get the sack, obviously, because you had won the last six games. What does that mean? Like, we, you just made up a stat. Like, PFF, <laughs> I think, is just like, uh, like I can just imagine just rubbing coconut oil all over their bodies when everyone starts talking <laughs> about pass rush win rate. Like, oh, yeah, we came up with this. Right. You have now set the precedent that you don't have to get sacks to be defensive MVP. Because you're this magic stat, and we talk about this, this is what the downfall of baseball was, in my opinion, is we stopped looking at like players as heroes, and it was always player A, player B. And it was all these other things like R war, B war, this war, that war, you know, this FIP, that FIP. And we stopped concerning ourselves with the players, right? We just, we looked at all this, like, Oh, hey, this guy is that much better than a, a replacement player. Well, like, how do you know that? Like, what if the replacement player goes in there and just plays amazing, right? But we come up with these now stats of pass rush win rate. Okay, okay. Well, I would assume a, what, what what constitutes a win rate? Because obviously it's not sacks because <laughs> he didn't have any. Uh, you know, he finished, I don't know what he finished, he, outside of the top five in sacks, I believe, this year. Like, like it's just... You know, I, I just I don't get it, man. Like, so I, I have more of an issue with with him winning it. Not that he's a bad player uh, by any stretch of the imagination. He's, sure. You know, in my opinion, he's the top five pass rusher in the league. But we talk about this now. We've set this precedent where we're looking at their ability to get past your defender as a win, and like somehow that quantifies you as the best player. It, it's just, it's just. I, I don't know, man. It, it's a weird road and a weird, like, just thing that we're going down. And I'm not sure what that's – if we set this precedent now, what's this going to look like in five years from now? Because you don't think PFF is going to keep coming up with uh, imaginary stats? <laughs> right. That's their business, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's what they yeah. do. Yep. <sighs> I don't know, man. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that or you just let me ramble. I appreciate it. but uh, <laughs> No, not really any thoughts. I mean, we'll probably just get ready to wrap it up. But I think, I mean, you know, it's uh, I get it from the perspective of there are lots of guys that, you know, that probably aren't going to always be rewarded in getting a sack per se. That doesn't mean you're not an effective pass rusher um, because the disruption of the pocket the speeding up all of the things that we talk about in the playoff games leading up to can you change Mahomes's rhythm and speed up his timing and you know all of those things those are all wins even if they're not sacks um, now of course there are quarterback hurries and those types of things that take that into consideration 
Um, but I, I mean, I, I think there's relevance or can be in those stat. It's not a stat I care about. Like I don't, I don't sit there and look at what is the win rate uh, of any individual guy. Like I couldn't possibly care less about it. Um, but I, I see it as like a, you know how it's like when you get into tiebreakers and eventually you get to like strength of schedule and you know <laughs> yeah. these types of things. Like to yeah. me, it's like that's what it would boil down to. If it was like, okay, these two guys each have 15 sacks and X number of hurries and deflections and whatever. Okay, let's get it down to here. What's their win rate? You know, because did they have someone really good on the other side who was then rushing the quarterback right into them and they were getting, you know, kind of almost garbage sacks, if you will, which right. are still sacks. They still matter, but they were being heavily aided. Or were they really the ones out there consistently beating their man and forcing the play to be able to happen? And, you know, I don't know because, you know, you think about it, who would you rather go against, right? If I'm a defensive player, uh, a defensive lineman, a pass rusher, and I have the opportunity to go against, uh, I got to, I got to try to pass rush against Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes or, I don't know who's like a very kind of slow unathletic Kirk Cousins, right? Or somebody like that, right? Like, like clearly life's a whole lot easier if I'm in the same division as a guy like that and I get to go against him uh, versus having to chase a Lamar Jackson all over the field. And I might not get those sacks, but it doesn't mean I wasn't doing a great job. It doesn't mean I wasn't beating my guy consistently. It's just then again, I got to go against the guy who's running a four, four and is the most elusive guy on the field. And yeah, I'm not that guy. I can't get that sack but I still am winning. And, you know, my guess is maybe there's a theory there that it's a, it's a, a way to kind of create a level playing field among players. Just to say, okay, well, even separate from sacks, are you actually even beating the guy in front of you? Cause if you're not beating him, none of the rest of it really matters anyway. Matters. But yeah, I don't know though. Not <laughs> sure the answer. Yeah. Same. I just, I don't want to get into all these nuances. Like it just, uh, I, I, it is what it is, man. Like it's, it's one of those things I just, you know, we start getting into these numbers and like this and that, like just fip and bip and bop and pop. Like, <laughs> it's just like, when, like it, it's just not what football is about. So we'll see. I, I just, I don't want to set a pre- precedence of like some stat that like someone else decides, like who even decides if that's a correct way, you know, we, we have these, these sets of stats that we look at and, and we see. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. We'll, see. well, let's close it out. I have one little video here. I saw this recently and I, I thought this was going to be worth playing tonight. Uh, <laughs> in 1985, police sent free, free Super Bowl tickets to wanted <laughs> criminals in order to arrest them when they came to the stadium for the game. And there's an, I have the actual news footage of this, and it's worth a look. There were among 3,000 wanted persons sent invitations to a party and a football match, but they didn't know that the offer to see the Washington Redskins in action had come from the police department. They're queuing for a free ticket to watch the Redskins football team, a chance few Washington people could resist which is exactly what the local police were banking on. They'd sent out invitations to pick up tickets for yesterday's game to the last known addresses of 3,000 criminals on the run. (laughs) The operation took weeks to organize. It started soon after dawn yesterday. Waiting in the wings was the SWAT team, armed policemen ready to pounce. 
The smiling lady gently steering this man along the corridor is a policewoman. <laughs> the cheerleaders are cops. Carried a gun, including the Indian chief and the man who played the chicken. Why is there even a chicken there? Easy. All he was proof of identity, which the police checked with the team upstairs. Ralph Edward Cockrell, C O C K R I L. Confirmed. Another winner, Mr. T, Mr. T. What a Another winner. The lucky winners <laughs> overcome at the prospect of watching their favorite team play. <sighs> so great. To claim their free tickets. But the master of ceremonies was a senior policeman. <laughs> uh, so there you go. <laughs> master of ceremonies was a cop. <laughs> like a, They're not any point in time. Because obviously these guys have eluded police enough that they have to pull this shot. Is there never a point in time where they're like, Man, th- this this is a setup. Like this has I'm so to be lucky. A setup. <laughs> this is the best things ever happened to me. Why me? Uh... Yeah. The <laughs> only time I... I can remember getting luckier than this is that time I successfully robbed a bank. <laughs> outside of that, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> like, and you don't recognize any of the other people there. Like, criminals <laughs> seem to run in pretty tight yeah. circles, right? Like, yeah. You would think Wait, maybe some of them. Here too. <laughs> yeah, this is crazy. You got free tickets too. Look at us, man. <laughs> is there ever a point they were like, "Wait a second, this doesn't feel right." <laughs> yeah, something. Something feels off. I want to question it, but I really want yeah. these tickets too. I, I mean, these are Super I, Bowl tickets. I never even entered a contest. Why did they pick my name? Yeah. They just sent me a thing that said free Super Bowl tickets. Come on yeah. down. They might as well be like, uh, send send you handcuffs as well. Right. Free Super Bowl tickets. Just put these handcuffs just on. These on. Come yeah. on down. Yeah. yeah, meet me down at the jail station. Uh, we got to make sure it's a safe, secure uh, yeah. exchange. Yeah, we got to fingerprint you first before we can give you the tickets. And you're right. Why was there a chicken there? What, what did that have to do with anything? <laughs> yeah, yes. Just... yeah, 1985, the Washington Redskins, there was no reason for a chicken to be involved no. at all. The cheerleaders <laughs> were cops. I mean, so great. Yeah, nobody's yeah. like, these cheerleaders are not the best. Like, this was yeah, a, like, yeah, this was a like, peak any Washington cheer. success years. They were a good right. team. Like, this is like, yeah. oof. <laughs> These cheerleaders look like they could win arm wrestling competitions. Oh, what are they yeah. doing here? They don't seem to be succinct anyway either. Like they're, <laughs> look at the, they're not doing the cheer right. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> Never, the words. Nope. Man, that's just it, man. Like it's one of those things that it's just you, you don't even think. Like if you, they had a yep. chance, they and that's that's really it was like you know, call it whatever you guess you want, but like it was just smart of them. Do it, make it quick. You know, it's not like, hey, three weeks from now, show up here. Right. You know, it's yep. like, don't give them time to sit back. and Because yeah. if they had time, I'm sure they would have been like, okay, I didn't enter any contest. Right. <laughs> Why would they have my address? Yep. You know? So, yeah. So funny. Just bring them in, line them up, and just call upstairs. Uh, yeah, we got uh, we got Joe <laughs> Williams right here. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Perfect. So All he's right. definitely a winner. Bring him into the private room. Okay. You got it. <laughs> That would never fly these days. Uh, I mean, that could never, that could never fly these days. But oh, that's yeah. genius! I wanted. I wish there was more video to see their faces whenever they'd be like, <laughs> "No, that's me too." I want right. to see the rest of it. So you're not getting Super Bowl tickets, but you are getting arrested. Yeah. Good news, bad news. You're all going to get a free ride from here. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> private jet. <All right. laughs> 
Not quite. Uh, close. Close. <laughs> you yeah. will get free room and board. Uh, That's free right. Meals. That's right. <laughs> How could this get any better? <laughs> yeah, they give me meals and everything. Place to stay. <laughs> and you will be able to watch the Super Bowl. There, it, we will probably have it on the 13-inch black and white TV. That's in- <laughs> yeah, because you know back then, man, that was like a TV like this big. Yeah. They all like a microwave. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Now you got prisoners doing like TikToks and stuff. Yeah, like, exactly. I, I still don't understand that, but here we are. So. Yeah, makes no sense. Not at all. Ugh. Yeah. So anyway, I just thought that was a good way to to uh, to end not only this episode but also end football season. Dang man, I, it was a good season. It was a fast season. And look, let's face it, right? The next season's right around the corner. The draft is is not that far away. Then it's going to be training sleep. camp, and there's going to be lots of moves going on. We will, you know, yeah. still have plenty to talk about for people who want to discuss sports and, and talk football. There's still going to be plenty to talk about year round yeah. because the NFL is a year round business now, but this was a, this was a definitely a fun, interesting, exciting football season. A lot of great things to see. Um, so yeah, ended it's, it's over. It always feels like it's too soon for it to be, for it to be done, but it's, it's done. wild, man. Yeah. Like, I think we got like 290 some days now till opening, <laughs> opening game. You know, that's right. We, we may want to do it. We, we should do a, maybe this will be next week. We'll talk about it, but maybe a look back of like, uh, you know, what the season was. I mean, there was so many good storylines that, oh, yeah. uh, that came out like, you know, yeah, you got the emergence of potentially, you know, amazing hall of fame caliber quarterbacks and you know it's yeah yeah there's what, uh, a lot of there's a lot of good uh, stuff man this is a good season yeah, yeah. a lot of storylines yeah, are going to be stuff. fascinating going into next season for sure yeah all right well with that having been said i think we can wrap this sucker up we've done our we've done our job as our community service we've entertained our global audience we appreciate everybody for checking us out and uh yeah keep it up we'll keep it up and yeah thanks for joining us everybody all right Good night. Have a good night.